Welcome baseball fans, it is time once again for the Running the Bases podcast. I'm Tucker Wells, joined as always by Coach Jordan Bounds. Coach, how are you? Good, sir. Pretty good. How are you doing? Doing well. My Atlanta sports anxiety is high, though, right now with the Hawks. Uh, they'll pull it out. I think so. I'm, I'm, I'm confident as well. Um, we are, of course, uh, recording directly uh, to our runningthebases.tv website, freshly minted. Uh, make sure you check it out, runningthebases.tv. So leading off, the, uh, the, in the major leagues, we have a developing issue, to say the least, with the Kansas City Royals. Uh, what do you make of the bad news Royals? They go from lovable, you know, feel-good Cinderella story last year, and now, led by Jordano Ventura and their a-hole of a manager, they're like the, uh, the enemy of baseball. What do you make of all this? I also see they have a big bullseye on their back. They were the uh, team that, you know, they're the underdog darlings of last year, and everybody wants to, like, put them down. They made the World Series. Get them out of there. We can knock them off. Yeah. And they're sensitive about that. And uh, baseball has never been accused of being the most erudite of sports. No, certainly not. I mean, do you chalk it up, though, to, I mean, at the center of all of this is Jordano Ventura. Um, it seems as though when Kelvin Herrera threw at uh, Laurie or whoever it was on the A's, he was kind of falling in line with Ventura. Um, you talked about last time about this kind of Dominican machismo attitude that comes from Latin America. Do you think it's more so that than the the Royals feeling like they're the ones with the bullseye on their back? Uh, I, I, I don't want to say that this uh, machismo kind of um, color that comes from Latin America is a negative thing. I think throwing at somebody's head is a negative thing. Uh, and... So I'm not, uh, I mean, this is, it's just wrong. I, I don't want to pin it on any one particular group or team or anything else, but throwing it at somebody's head is wrong. Pointing to your head saying, I'm coming after you next time, that is wrong. If you have ever hit and you've ever been hit in the head, uh, you know that this is, you can't do that. You just can't do it. Right. Yeah, which is, of course, going to be our first to third topic tonight. But in the case of these Royals, I mean, yeah, throwing at someone's head, threatening, that's grounds for automatic suspension as far as I'm concerned. And that if the ball even gets close to somebody's head the next time around, then you're out of the game. I mean, I'm in favor of all that. But what Ventura is doing is just dumb. I mean, his uh, I, catching that comebacker from Eaton the other night, and then for whatever reason, I don't know if Eaton said anything, but he decides to curse him out between home and first. I mean, that's just dumb. I don't understand that at all. <laughs> the cussing somebody out between home and third, I understand that. Right. I mean, you're playing yeah. ball. Maybe not at all, but you're, I don't you're, understand. You're playing, you know, you hate certain people. There, there are certain people you want to see be struck dead by lightning, uh, you know, <laughs> or you want to see them fall asleep on the bench and rats eat up their legs. I mean, you, you don't. Wow. 
that's vivid. There are certain people you just you're playing against you can't stand. I understand that. Yeah, well, it certainly makes for must-see TV whenever the Royals and the White Sox hook up. Which The Royals and a lot of people right now. Yeah, true, true, true. Uh, and don't you love what Johnny Bats did? And th- throw up my head, boom, next pitch, out of here. Yeah. That's more than once. Yeah. That's, I saw Gibson do that to Aaron, just dust him. Just first time up, he's down in the dirt, next pitch, 350. Yeah. Right down the line. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so a uh, couple other things that broke in the last week. Um, Josh Hamilton back to the Rangers. Good for the Rangers. Good for Josh Hamilton. What in the world are the Angels doing? I don't know. I don't know. They're just trying to clean themselves up. I mean, that is such that they are willing to pay all of this money and take such a loss just to get rid of Hamilton. What is that saying about Hamilton? Yeah, that's true. I just can't fathom that they're essentially going to pay him what amounts to $110 million for two years of average baseball at best. Without naming specific people, I have seen where the Braves have uh, rid themselves of certain commodities for next to nothing just to get that person out of the clubhouse. And that's what's happened to Hamilton. It was a lot of money. But it's the same thing. Yeah. It makes it interesting that, you know, A-Rod, the Yankees keeping him, I mean, I, I'm surprised they didn't do that first, that they didn't pull something like that well in advance of Hamilton. But With A-Rod, yeah, but uh, that's like, that is a significant chunk of money. Well, yeah, I mean... So but, is Hamilton, so, you know, jeez. Yeah, there's, yeah. Um, it's not like you know Escobar. No, certainly not. And then on the subject of A-Rod, he sits at 659 home runs. Do you see that situation between him and front office about his bonus getting better or worse as he inevitably hits 660? Uh, the I hope the Yankees force him to go to court and just <laughs> argue the fact. And I do think he deserves it. I mean, I don't think the Yankees have the right uh, side of this argument, but I still want to see him go to court and just whine that he wants this money and try and justify it. That will make him look less of a person than the senator he sees himself as being. Uh, the twice, mind you, yes, he right. sees him as a centaur twice over. Oh, yeah. uh, do I? Um, that's just an ugly situation. I mean, and for A-Rod to be in the same breath with uh, Willie Mays is its just laughable. It's just laughable. It's so sad. Not even criminal. It is no. truly laughable. Um, but uh, the Mets continue to win. Um, Yankees continue to win, too. That's the funny part, really, in all of this, is that the Yankees are solid, as few predicted they would be. And A-Rod's been better than average um in the national league adam wainwright's going to miss the rest of the season it appears uh injuring himself uh running the bases and uh hitting 
And uh, I, I posted this on Twitter that, you know, that's a shame, even though you and I are avid uh, Cardinals haters, if you will. He's a Hall of Fame pitcher, wouldn't you say? Like, oh, no, no, no. I wouldn't say he's a Hall of Fame pitcher. No? No. I, I think he is. Just lacks the numbers. He has to put together the years, but he's had a five-year stretch you're gonna tell that me qualifies. He, you're going to tell me he's better than Jack Morris? Um. Well, I mean, I don't know about... The, I he think Jack than, Morris has been a Hall of Famer for a long time now, so... Is he better than Scott McGregor? Uh, I'm not as familiar with Scott McGregor. Okay, is he better than uh, Al Downing? Well, I mean, look, Wainwright's got 10 years. He's still got a lot more baseball to play, in theory. But assuming he's... He's not far away from a Hall of Famer, but I don't think he's a Hall of Famer yet. I don't think he's he's compiled the numbers yet. Agreed. He hasn't compiled the numbers, but let's say he's, he plays another five years and averages 15 wins. He had between okay, 2009. Then, all right, uh, five year, you know, you give him another 75 wins, and then you're talking Hall of Famer. I, but. Right, which is my, my thing is that before all that, though, his five-year, six-year stretch between 2009 and 2014 Compare has been— Compare him to Vita Blue. I'll let you do that. Well, you know, I mean, he's not, you know, you give Vita Blue's best five years, and they're way better than Wainwright's best five years. And Ron Guidry as well. Are they in the Hall of Fame? No. They didn't They didn't last long enough, and I don't see Wainwright lasting long enough. Right. I, I don't know if Doc Holliday goes to the Hall of Fame. Right. And I, and that's, I don't put Wainwright as unknown. good as Holliday. No, I mean, and that's certainly the unknown. But I think that, you know, regardless of if he becomes a a true Hall of Famer or not, that's too bad. Until the last two years since division baseball, how many starting pitchers have made the Hall of Fame? Forget the last two years. Then you have Blylevin, and that's it. Since division baseball, since 1969, what pitcher, forget the last two years, and then you have Burt by 11, and that's it. Well, wasn't aware of such a thing. Yes, well, you know. <laughs> well, there you have it. Um, and then it brought up this uh, ar- argument from, from none other than Max Scherzer that since this injury happened on the base paths, that the NL should adopt the DH. And your thoughts on that? All right. Uh, first thought, Max Scherzer, shut up. You're getting paid a grillion dollars. To, and you agreed to go to the National League, and now you're whining about having to bat. Uh, shut up. Yeah, man uh, up, even. Yeah, really. really. Uh, shut up and then man up. The uh, Now, I am starting to move a little bit closer to, I mean, and just eke a little bit closer to the idea of having the DH be in both leagues only because I see it with interleague play the way it is, it becoming more absurd that there is not a universal rule between both leagues. I much prefer uh, a the pitcher hitting. Uh, I But as I've also said, as an amateur coach, as a high school coach, I so greatly prefer the DH because... I got 10 people starting in that game, not nine. Uh, and that is a tremendous advantage on so many different levels. But on the major league level, I prefer the game. 
uh, as it is with the pitcher hitting. Uh, it's faster. Uh, the pitcher hits faster than does a DH. Uh, the pitcher's going to get up there and bunt, you know, nine times out of ten. Right. Uh, and it's going to, he's not going to It's gonna typically deep in the four count. swings or less. Right, right. Total. Right, right. Uh, and not stepping out. When, you know, I actually think it changes or it slows down this proliferation of relief pitchers that we see at the end of the game, uh, which lengthens the game more than anything else. You know, the the fact that we change pitchers every batter uh, from the seventh inning on, that's what lengthens the game. Uh, but having a uh, having the pitcher bat, that changes that a little bit. I all, also always loved seeing – what a great – Phil Necro swung like an old man, but he hit like 220 or something. You know, you love seeing him hit. And Drysdale and Gibson. Gibson was like the best hitter on their team. Warren Spahn, you know, Babe Ruth. There have been yeah. some pitchers <laughs> that could hit, you know, and, and they were fun to watch. Babe Ruth's like the answer to almost all arguments in and out of baseball. There you go. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm old school and a fan of the senior circuit, and I think that pitchers should be hitting in both leagues. But as you well know and I agree with, that'll never happen because you're not going to see any – movement to get rid of the the david ortiz's of the world players association is not going to allow that that's what I, I don't see how you can get around that yeah no i i agree they wouldn't um i think though it, salaries went up with the dh period yeah i i think that um you know this is a double-edged sword for a lot of people but i appreciate the fact that having to pinch hit for your pitcher at certain points is a element of suspense and adds to the chess match. But then yes, it admittedly becomes this revolving door out of the bullpen that extends the length of games. So, but I've always like, American League games are longer. They are period. They are period. I mean, there, there's no argument about that. It has been uh, the case for the last 10 years. Uh, and it has a lot to do with the DH. Yep. So we'll see. More to come on that. So now, tonight, uh, going first to third, expanding on what's happening with the Royals right now, um, the bean ball, and what it does to the hitter after such a thing occurs. Um, let's start with just, you played ball full-time professionally or whatever, however you want to <laughs> no, say it. No, I would never play professionally. Well, I tried to give you the benefit of the doubt there. <laughs> well, it didn't happen. But regardless, you played Division One yeah, in right. college, and that's formidable, to say the least, of the type of pitchers. Um, what experiences did you have getting hit? Uh, I got hit uh, in the face in Little League. And for about 18 months, I swung in the bucket every time I took a swing. I was bailing out every uh, on every pitch. It is a scary thing when you are hit like that, and you think about it all the time. You never do. You, I mean, it's always uh, facing somebody throwing a pitch that hard. You have the time to move out of the way, but uh, it is still a scary thing. Uh, you, everybody, you know, the name for 
a curveball has been an Uncle Charlie, a, a, a knee breaker or something like that. When you see that ball spinning at your head, even though you know it's going to go away, you're like, whoa. And that's why, you know, I mean, it happens. Being hit by a pitched baseball is a scary thing. Do I believe that uh, it is right for a pitcher to throw at your head because you hit a home run off him the last time up? No, I think that's atrocious. I think you should be kicked out of the, uh, You should be suspended for a great length of time. Now, do I think it's all right because the opposing pitcher showed up the other team and or showed up a player the night before or took advantage of him and that Pedro... Uh, Martinez comes back and buzzes you inside. Yeah, I'm okay with that. There are times where uh, the pitcher can take control, the, uh, and I'm okay with it. But hitting somebody in the head, I'm not okay with. Yeah, and at this point, it's like getting it close to. I mean, if you're going to buzz them inside, if you're getting up that that high. Um, Jeff, uh, I don't know if he pronounces his Hudson, Hudson. Uh, utility infielder traveled team to team for years. He has this famous quote about uh, Mr. Randy Johnson that uh, comparing him to Michael Jordan, what is the worst thing Michael Jordan can do to you in a basketball game? He can totally embarrass you and put you on the poster. What's the worst thing Randy Johnson can do to you? He could kill you. And so in the pyramid of most famous, most uh, horrible lasting impacts of uh, beanballs at the very top is Ray Chapman, obviously. And without a doubt, Randy Johnson's, what was it, 2001, his, just, <laughs> when he hits that bird, <laughs> the and, bird. It just, and it's like that bird is in a grillion pieces after he, I mean, yeah. It was like a bomb went off. Goodbye, in, bird. It was know? like a bomb went off inside of that bird. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of funny. I, sorry, PETA. <laughs> It's interesting, though, Ray Chapman, uh, the Indians um, infielder, he was struck in the head and killed, died 12 hours after getting struck in the head in 1920. It wasn't until 1971, I found this out, that helmets were mandatory. Right. They had, uh, they were grandfathered in. You know, you had uh, people in the 50s could keep playing with uh, out a helmet for, you know, until they retired. Uh the the I mean even the the helmet has who it was Canigliero you know uh, as famous as anybody who they developed they have the the protective flap uh, was developed after Canigliero was beamed that was what sixty seven yeah that was sixty seven um, but before that you had a couple of really you know famous instances of beanballs forever altering your career not just psychologically. But uh, you have Mickey Cochran stands Mickey out. Mickey Cochran, uh, you know what? He gets beamed and he's unconscious for ten days. You know, at that point, you're seeing the white tunnel. You know, if you're right. unconscious for ten days uh, and you come back, there was like some sort of uh, miraculous. Yeah, you know, but he 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 never played again. I mean, you know, he was uh, he was shot. You know, and that's a Hall of Famer. That's like one of your all-time great Hall of Famers. He's who Mickey Mantle is named after, you know. Uh, and uh, Bad Mike gets, you know, he's out of the game. Boudreaux, uh, essentially the same sort of thing. Kirby Puckett, there have been a lot of Hall of Famers that have been 
beamed uh, and had their careers ended by that beam ball. Yeah. In the case of Canigliaro and then Kirby Puckett later on, uh, permanent eye damage. That'll do it. Yeah. I don't know if Puckett's, uh, you know, he had glaucoma. Uh, and I don't know if that was a result of the bean ball. It may have been. Yeah. Uh, and it certainly looks that way, but I don't know if it was. With Timing Can- is suspect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, with Canigliaro, um, the, uh, an awful thing. Uh, no doubt. I mean, and the images of that, I can still see the pictures of Canigliero with this uh, welt on the side of his face. It looked like a baseball, you know, a black baseball had been implanted in his uh, side of his head. And you look at the time that that happened in 67 when the Red Sox are making that push for the uh, World Series, uh, the miracle team and stuff. And it uh, it, it, it was awful. Uh but in terms of the, I, I think it may have been overplayed a little bit in the uh, the significance in Major League history. Uh, there's a Tony Conigliero Award now that is given every year to the person who's overcome like uh, whatever kind of uh, abuse and. Uh, physical problems or anything they, they've had to overcome. What level uh, is that? That's on a major league level? On a major league level. And the only person that has been beamed that has come back that has won the Tony Canigliero Award is Dickie Thon. Uh, other people, you know, like uh, R.A. Dickey, you know, because of child abuse and being born without some sort of tendon or something in his own Right, yeah. You know. Uh, whatever uh, he's uh, won this. Uh, well, I think Jim Abbott won it one time. I was just going to say that, yeah, because he like only had one hand or something. You know? Yeah, that's uh, tough to come over. Yeah, but I mean, you know, that it's the fact the only person that has been beamed that has overcome that or has won that award is Dickie Thon, and he didn't come back. Dickie Thon was for all you know, practical purposes a, a Hall of Famer in the making. Um, the uh, and he gets beamed, and he he really you know played a couple more years, but that was it. You know, he never was any good again. Yeah, or never was anything close to what he was. I should say. Right. Well, you know, going off of your personal account of what it feels like being in the batter's box, Don Zimmer famously uh, got beamed in the head, and on the subject of coming back after such a thing, he said that it's not a case of being tougher than anybody else. It's just if you're able to do it. But wasn't that when Don Zimmer was sliding into second and he got the shortstop through and hit him right between the eyes? Uh, It's possible, but I I think think that's when he said that. uh, um, But I may be wrong. Well, at any rate, I mean, that may be. But I think that that's the case. I mean, you look at John Carlos Stanton wearing a face mask and Jason Hayward right before that. You know they, they're. That I don't think it makes them any less tough. I think that oh, they. No, no, you no, know. no. Uh, whether you can see beyond that, that is. Uh, I mean, if you, it, it's allow, it's Hayward and Giancarlo not letting the secondary vision, you know, focus on that. Uh, face mask you know if the rods and cones focus on that then you're not seeing the ball as well as you should right and it's interesting i don't know the 
what he said about it, but the face mask came off for Jean, uh, Giancarlo already, and now it's back on, so I don't know if that was affecting his vision or not. Um, but do you think that face masks are something that are going to become mandatory? No. It's interesting how n- no head safety really became mandatory as a direct result of a beanball. You know, even a player oh, dying. No, 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 no. Uh, that's not true. With Tony Canigliaro, they, we do have the protective flap. That is a result of that. And, uh, but it wasn't mandatory they right almost off. When, no, not right off, but it, it is a result of that. And when Michael Jorgensen got beamed, uh, I think it's 79, there was a big move to put a, uh, more of a face mask on. In that time, that was one of the more horrific beamings of all time. Yeah, Mike Torres, who was a headhunter. Yeah, well, yeah. Then it, it, there's the other side of it. What is the what? What do you make of and what's the discipline of the headhunting pitcher? Let the pitchers hit. <laughs> They're all of them. Let me see. When Roger Clemens throws at Mike Piazza and goes after, does this on a regular basis in the year 2000. Well, I wonder. What would happen if Clemens had to hit and he was up against those people? Uh, you look at all of the bean balls since the, I mean, I mean I'm talking bean balls are not like errant pitches that, you know, that accidentally hit somebody. Right. Pitches that are thrown with the intent to hit the batter, 90% of them are in the American League. Let them hit. Right. I I know. It is why I feel like I'm pulling for the uh, bad news bears. Let them hit. You know? Right. Yeah. Understood. Yeah. I. That's one of the greatest shames of all is that Clemens never, never had to sit stand in the box. I mean, I didn't follow his Astros years that closely, but I mean, and then you got Pedro, and you've got. Um, I, I never thought a big unit as a headhunter. Yeah, he was just wild. Yeah, and 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 actually, you know, famously made fun of it with John Crucky. Um, there are headhunters, the Mike Torreses, uh, the I mean, I don't I don't want to sit here and name uh, particular people here, but there were people that went after you, you know, and that was uh, you you couldn't stand that type of pitcher. Yeah, and so you know now it's. Uh, Kelvin Herrera and Jordano Ventura. So, you know, I have, we haven't gotten word yet what the suspensions are going to be from the bra that took place. But what would you do with with when there's clear intent? If you were Manfred, if you're the commissioner, would you, given that you can't just force them to stand in the batter's box as a gladiator act of attrition, are you suspending them for seven games, 14 games, one game? I think... Uh with I think you need to take more of a creative stance on punishment and not look at it as X amount of games or X amount of money being suspension. But if you were to say, all right, next year you can't play in the Latin American World Series uh, to a certain person that might be you know you're not taking away any money or suspending them at all but that would have a lot more significance than it would to say you know you now have a two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine 
and I, I think you that I hope Manfred will look at these things on an individual basis like that. Yeah. Well, you know, as far as the psychology of it, you know, nobody can really appreciate it, I would think, unless being stand, at the very least standing in a batter's box seeing 90 miles an hour whiz by you. Um, I have sat in the batter's box and not seen the pitch. <laughs> yeah. you know? And uh, I mean, that's not saying much for me, uh, but when you don't see the pitch or you just have a, a slight idea as to where that pitch was. That's a scary thing because if that pitch was at your temple, it could be you don't realize where it was until you're on the ground. Right. And and always on the ground after that point. <laughs> perhaps. Moments yeah. later and perhaps in it. You could be the bird that Randy Johnson hit. <laughs> you could be the bird. That's such an awful thing, but God bless if it's not also a miracle. Um... <laughs> What's a miracle? That it that it happened at all. Oh. The odds of a bird <laughs> flying through in a closed stadium that just happened to have the roof open. Don't you think that bird had to have a long neck? <laughs> I just see that. Yeah. Kind of a cartoonish long neck. Yeah. <laughs> Bam! Because yeah, you saw the feathers go everywhere. Definitely would have to have googly eyes. Yeah. There's no way that bird didn't have one eyeball looking in the other direction or in the opposite uh, direction. I don't even want to think that. that bird is... Toast now. <laughs> well, that's true, but hey, what a way to go out. Um, Ron Santo uh, famously was well, he was beamed and then famously said that he thought he had lost his eye when it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, just to give those who may have never played baseball an idea of what the sensation is physically. I'll tell you, one of the worst ones recently was David Wright. Yeah, uh, you know when he was. Being by Matt Kane, and that was a retaliation thing in New York. And uh, I have never heard a large crowd become so silent so quick as when David Wright went down at that time. That was one of the more horrific uh, beamings in my lifetime. Uh, Jay Payton, uh, when he was beamed by Dave Varis of the Cards in the 2000 uh, NLCS. Uh, and it, the game was over, you know, but they, uh, Peyton never came back from that. He was never any good again. He was a young coming star at that time. Um, the uh, Dennis Martinez, we didn't talk about his hitting Kirby Puckett. Well, we did. We didn't. We, yeah, but, in uh, the doing of it. But. Right. I mean, it was, uh, you know, and you're talking about ending of a career uh that was certainly one of the more uh you know martinez uh you watch him uh when they're like looking at uh kirby puckett when he's kirby puckett's on the ground and everything and uh martinez is saying you know this is el presidente saying i don't want to go back in i don't want to go back in i don't want to go back in you oh know, that's yeah. uh, he he certainly didn't mean to hit puckett you know uh right and he turned out to be a lot uh more of a better humanitarian than Puckett did. Uh, we did talk about Boudreaux, I think, being hit by Virgil Trucks. Uh, that was uh, certainly one of the more significant things. Um, Interesting. I forget. I think it was Sammy Sosa that his <laughs> Sosa got beamed a couple of times. You know, and the one time where the it split his helmet and the ball went into shattered the, it. Yeah, and went into the middle deck. Uh, and he was like, I'm okay. 
you know, uh, every time Kirby got hit, you know, and just just ter- terrifically so a couple of times, you know, he just got right up and hit again. You know. Oh, Sammy? You mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, who did I say? You said Kirby. Oh, Sammy. Yeah. Yeah, that it's was like Sammy didn't have quite a whole lot upstairs. You know, I don't know. Or yeah, maybe you know he was he had a head that was juiced. Yeah, yeah. He, well, <laughs> by all accounts, it seems factual at this point. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, of of the players that you've seen, you know, come back after getting beaned in the head, who had the best career post? Well, I guess you'd have to say Sammy Sosa. Yeah, you know, or, or Piazza. You know, Piazza. Yeah, did, yeah, it didn't seem to hurt him that much. Uh, the uh, thick-headed I, individuals to begin with seem to come back a little bit stronger. However, I, I prefer the Joey Bats and the Hank Aaron's of the world that get beamed and come up the next time and hit the ball, you know, four hundred and fifty feet and say, you know, take that. There's your uh, retaliation. Yeah, uh, that was that's always been kind of one of the. Uh, the greatest machismo type of things in baseball. I, I want you know you never hear about it with uh, in the old days when people you hear about pitchers that would take your head off you know but uh, I don't ever hear of anybody throwing at Babe Ruth or Lou Gehrig you know or something you know they had to have been thrown at at different times. I, I wish I knew more about it. Yeah, uh, that was the, something we can revisit or, again. Or the Josh Gibsons or stuff. What was it like in the old Negro leagues? You know uh, that sort of thing. So I don't. I don't imagine it was as prevalent. I really don't because uh, there was kind of like one team taking care of another team in those leagues. Yeah, the the old rules, the old unwritten rules, as it were. Well, it'll. It's definitely a, a hot issue right now, to say the least. And uh, be interesting to see what happens with Ventura going forward. Um. So, well, Coach, thank you, as always, and thank you to everybody listening on SoundCloud via runningthebases.tv. So we will see you again next time. Keep checking out the website for written content, uh, soon-to-be-published original video features, and we will see you next time. Coach, thank you very much. Good night, Tucker. Good night. Coming into home, we're safe.